So Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the birthplace of authenticity, accountability, joy, creativity, belonging, love, innovation, inspiration, spirituality, and adaptability. Wow, that's a lot, right? And I think, I think it's true. Vulnerability is such an important skill to develop. But what might even be more amazing about vulnerability is in spite of all of that, that it opens up possibilities for, many of us, included, including me, over and over again, choose not to be vulnerable. There's so much in our culture and in this business of being human that gets in the way. I'm so grateful to Lisa for sharing so openly and vulnerably her own experience with trying to write about this. I think it, it's an invitation to many of us just to own how hard it is. Brene Brown also says that the biggest impediment to being vulnerable is shame. I want to ask you to raise your hands, unless maybe you're at home alone and you feel like you might want to. I wonder if there's anyone in this room, virtually in, in person, whoever has felt like they weren't good enough, or smart enough, or attractive enough, or nice enough, or tough enough, or emotionally intelligent enough, or athletic enough, or calm enough, or spiritual enough, or forgiving enough. Okay, yeah, I will raise my hand, all of the above. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and how many in this room, again, you, you don't need to raise your hand, but how many have ever done anything you're ashamed of? I can imagine some of you sitting out there and saying, like, today? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, this week? Yeah, probably. This month? Yeah. This lifetime? Oh, yeah, for sure. Shame is universal, I think. One of the things I actually I love about the Adam and Eve story is that it talks about a poetic truth about shame, that here we are, each one of us, created whole and beautiful, and then, bam, right out of the gate, shame comes in. And it's not a good thing. Brene Brown calls shame the swampland of the soul, which is beautiful imagery. And here's what she says. She says, yeah, it's a swampland. Put on your galoshes and wade into it. Because the only way you're going to deal with shame is to own it, to study it, to learn whatever lessons it has, to wade through it, and then to let it go. It's of no further use at that point. Of course, most of us would rather have a root canal or maybe even die than wade into that swampland of shame. The ignored but nevertheless omnipresent shame that keeps us from being vulnerable. That's at the heart of this. You cannot deny or ignore the shame within and simultaneously find ways to be vulnerable. Self-deception, deception of others are also really handy tools to avoid going into that swampland. So for many of us is numbing ourselves with alcohol, drugs, gambling, the other things that we can be addictive about that help us avoid walking into that swampland of shame. And of course, addiction doesn't selectively just wall off shame. What it does is walls off a whole bunch of other stuff, potentially love, family, meaning, joy, beauty, which is why 
addiction is so hard and why it can, when unaddressed, exact such a cost. And it's not just shame that gets in the way of vulnerability. Our inherent fragility as human beings is another thing. We're not just babies are fragile, we all are starting with the fact that any of us can die at any moment, an accident, an aneurysm, a heart attack, anything, boom, we're gone. As the mishmash heart story illustrates, we all have wounds in our heart. We lose loved ones. We make mistakes. We experience the the death of so much in life, not just people, but other beloveds, in, in other types of loss that we experience. For some of us, oppression, whatever guys the oppression comes in, multiplies these wounds as we experience microaggressions or macroaggressions. It leaves scars. So being vulnerable is hard. And sometimes, actually, it's dangerous. So here's another truth lifted up from the reading that Shara shared today, which is that we are fragile and at the same time, we all have streaks of steel within us. We all need streaks of steel within us. Those who are buffeted by oppression often need streaks of steel even more than people like me who live lives of privilege in so many ways. It's interesting that people who experience systemic oppression are often called vulnerable. Yes, more vulnerable because, for example, maybe they can be beaten up by police even to death in a routine traffic stop or assaulted by an abusive partner or spouse or have a life expectancy in one in the zip code they live in that's a decade or two less than the life expectancy in the neighboring zip code because of systemic oppression. I have a picture of a person in my mind, when I think about it, who developed a streak of steel in the face of oppression. Solomon Northrup, whose true story is the basis of the movie in the book, 12 Years a Slave. So Northrup was a free black New Yorker who was kidnapped in 1841 and sold into slavery. One day he's free, the next day he's in transit to an auction of enslaved people in New Orleans. As his years of bondage stretch on in the movie and in the story and in his life, you can see this amazingly strong streak of steel develop. You can see him encapsulate himself in steel. This had to happen in order for him to survive. He pays a price for this when he finally is able to escape, but that steel is a big reason he could survive such a horrible ordeal. So in recent years, we Unitarian Universalists have often lifted up the need to flex our vulnerability um, skill. And it's just good though to think, is it always a virtue? Was expressing vulnerability going to be a virtue for Solomon Northrup? Is being vulnerable an absolute good? I can think of a couple other circumstances in which expressing vulnerability is not necessarily a good thing. The first is when we're expressing vulnerability and it's motivated by a desire to manipulate others. Let's say, and this is a purely hypothetical example, that I majorly screw up at home. 
And, you know, it's good to admit the exact nature of my screw-up to the other human beings I cohabitate with, to admit my wrongdoing. And as I do, and I show my vulnerability, that's good, unless maybe consciously or unconsciously, I'm doing it in the hope that it might preempt their anger. You know, like, look at me. I'm just being so vulnerable for you. Don't be mean to me, okay? A little tad of manipulation. Another circumstance is when we express our vulnerability, um, but it's actually, we're just doing it in a way that makes everything about ourselves that could even be classified as narcissistic. Rather than opening ourselves up and giving space to other people to share their vulnerability, we hog the floor. See how vulnerable I am? I'm sharing this. And let me share this other thing and this thing and that thing. And and they never get a chance to share back. So there's a need to express our vulnerability skillfully. And I'm using that in the sense the Buddhists use that term skillful. So here are a good couple of questions to ask ourselves when we're thinking about being vulnerable. First, is there a power difference between us and the person or people we want to share with? If we're at the bottom of that, this may not be smart. This may be a dangerous thing to do. And what is the motivation I feel for expressing vulnerability? Is it to be manipulative? Is it to be have the focus on me? Or is there a greater good into it? Is it about a mutual connection? I think mutual connection is so important to this being vulnerable. Outside of of relationships that are set up to be a helper and someone who's helped, like a therapist, sometimes a minister, other than that, vulnerability should be in the context of mutuality where we share back and forth with our lives. I'm thinking about this question of how, how can we develop, help our children and youth develop skill in this area of being vulnerable. And I'm using our children and youth in the sense of the village raising the children and youth, not just the parents and guardians. Raising children is all about teaching and reinforcing difficult and paradoxical balances with our kids. And expressing vulnerability is no no exception. We need to help them be able to do that in safe spaces, but also develop that streak of steel that they're inevitably going to need in life. And we need to help them be able to express openly and honestly when it's safe to do so, but put up walls around them when it's clearly not safe. We need to help them be able to listen to others as well as share. So how might a spiritual community like this one do this work of helping all of us of all ages develop the ability to be skillfully vulnerable. The most important to me is to create safe space for us to do that. Last year, this congregation adopted a relational covenant that was partly about creating safe space here, reinforcing safe space where we can share deeply with each other. And an aside, if you don't remember what that covenant is or didn't see it, it's on our website on the community tab I encourage you to look at it, and I'm going to speak more about it at a sermon next month. Then we have small group experiences like theme circles, which are so important, partly because they create safe spaces for people 
in smaller community to be vulnerable, to share their stories, to listen to other stories with compassion, compassion and acceptance. If you haven't connected with a small group here, I really encourage you to do so. It's a commitment of time, it's a commitment of energy, but it's such a key to me to unlocking the spiritual power of being part of this congregation. We also need to continue focusing on safe space in our children and youth's program, youth programming. These are spaces where we can help our kids develop that skill as well as their streaks of steel. So like most spiritual tasks, knowing when to be vulnerable and when to cultivate the internal streak of steel, that's going to take attentiveness. It's going to take a spirit of intentionality to be able to, to do that. To help us do that, I've slightly tweaked the serenity prayer. Here's my prayer. May each of us find the courage to use our streaks of steel when that's what we need, the courage to express all our vulnerability when that's what we need, and the wisdom to know when to do which one. May it be so.